All right, that's a good intro right there. Welcome. I'm so glad that you all are here and made it in person on this cold, cold day. And uh, to all of you, I always want to make sure I say hello to all of you who are watching online. Thank you uh, for making us a part of your morning as well, uh, wherever you're watching this from. Uh, And I I want to say this uh, as often as I can. We're just grateful to be a part of where God is, has you in this life and on your journey. We're just glad that you're making us a part of that. And we, we just wanna make sure that we do our best to usher in uh, God's presence as, as best as we can. I wanna continue to do that today uh, as we start a brand new series uh, that we're calling I Don't Get It. And, and so here's what we're gonna do. Over the next five weeks, uh, we're gonna look at some of the things in Christianity that even Christians uh, are not so sure about, maybe have some questions about. There's just a lot of questions that we have. And more importantly, I think this is where more people land. I, I think some of us just kind of wonder if what we believe or what we would say about some things is actually what the Bible says. I think there's a lot of us that would probably say that we're in that category uh, over a few things that they would wonder about or talk about or think about. And so that's what we're gonna do. So, so here's what we're gonna cover. I'm just gonna give you a quick overview of what we're gonna cover. We're gonna talk about uh, what some people don't get about the afterlife. Uh, we're gonna talk about the sacraments. You hear the sacraments of the Christian faith. What is that all about? Uh, what's the importance of the sacraments of the faith? We'll talk about that. Creation and evolution, dinosaurs, all that stuff. What's the will of God? And what the heck is Revelation trying to tell us? Like that's where, now we're not covering all, of, all the things that people have questions about, but I think that's a pretty good representation of this series. And so with that said, today uh, we're gonna talk about what happens when we die? What happens when we die? We're gonna, we're gonna try to cover as much as we can with the questions that people have, the things that we don't get about death, uh, heaven, and hell. All right, we're gonna talk about those things. And so we're just, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna see today what the Bible has to say about a few of these things and then allow God to fill in some of these blanks that, that we may have for us, okay? So we're gonna kind of take this in sections today. So let's first talk about heaven and hell, all right? We're gonna talk about heaven and hell first. If you got your notes, go ahead and grab those, get those out there. Now, uh, as far as the existence of heaven, uh, we could say that the Bible is pretty clear about that, uh, that, that, that heaven is real, heaven exists. In fact, you can see it mentioned over 500 times in the Bible, heaven is talked about, described, or mentioned in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. Just a few places that I wanted to go just to get us started on this idea of heaven uh, is that Jesus, after he died and came back from the dead in Mark 16, it says this about him, it says he was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Uh, and then there's something that Jesus said about heaven. There's a lot of things that he said, but here's something he said in, in the book of Matthew. He said, for I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Uh, and then Peter talks about it as well. And he says this about people who are followers of Jesus, who have surrendered their life to Jesus, that we have an inheritance, that we have an inheritance that is not here, but that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, but it's kept in heaven for you, for those of you who are followers of Jesus. And so if you're taking notes, here's the first thing I wanna kind of get clear is biblically speaking, uh, that this is that heaven is real, that heaven is real. That's the first thing we need to know about heaven. That, that here's the thing, gang, that it's not, it is, heaven is not some made up thing that we use to comfort each other when, when things are bad. It's not just some empty idea that we hold on to. It is a real physical place. It exists. And so the question is, what will it be like? What will it be like? Well, here, here's the thing. Uh, we don't know 
all the way what it'll be like. But here's what we do know. This is actually what the Bible says about it. This is really cool. The Bible actually tells us that words can't describe it. That's what the Bible actually says about heaven. Words can't describe it. Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He says this, that, that what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, what no mind has even imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. That, that that's what, how heaven is described. So now, now there are a lot of places that you could go in the Bible that gives us good, really good defined descriptions of heaven. For instance, you could go to places that describes heaven like this, that it's a place where everything will be renewed. That's an existence of heaven, that you will be renewed, that in fact we will have not these bodies, but we have new bodies, really amazing new bodies that, that we will also be in the unfiltered presence of God. That, that's what will exist in heaven. So, uh, and then there are also, what's really described as uh, interesting is that there's, there's a place where there's no more. There's no more of, of a lot of things in heaven, that, the, that this is a place where there's no more sickness, there's no more hurt in heaven, there's no more sorrow or abuse, there's no more depression, there's no more violence. Some of you, some of you have chronic pain, arthritis, things like that. It's wiped away in heaven. It, it no longer is there when you get to heaven. Some of you right now are worried that, that you don't want to have stress like that in your life. You don't wanna have that anxiety and stress, but you can't get rid of it. It's just too much going on in this world that you worry about your job or money or the kids or your health and, and it'll be all wiped away. So I want you to hear this, man. God is gonna remove so many things that we have to deal with here on earth. He will take away, it'll be gone, man. It'll be totally gone, man. No more headaches, no more headaches. No more of that weird rash thing on you, right? No more BO, no more BO. It's gone in the name of Jesus, amen, right? Like, you don't have to smell it anymore. Uh, it's gonna smell amazing in heaven, like, you know, sandalwood and everything. You know, I don't know. I don't know what smells you like, but it'll be the smell you love. We can't, we can't get into all the descriptions about heaven today, but here's the thing, gang. Even if we could, what Paul is saying here is that you can't even come close to the beauty and the amazingness and the wonder and the splendor of what is waiting is what is waiting for you when we're in the glory of God and in the glorification of ourselves as well. We're in that presence with him. So that's what's waiting for us. Words can't even describe it. So not only is heaven real, here's the second thing I want you to write down is that heaven is also where I wanna be. Heaven is where I want to be. All right, so, so just with what's described, what we see, what is described in the Bible, that is definitely where it's a place and we wanna be in that place, trust me. So now let's switch gears uh, and let's talk about hell. What does the Bible say about hell? Does hell exist? Okay, this is interesting because I, I, I love looking up statistics and data. I think it's helpful. It's just helpful to me. But here's what I found. I found this very interesting. This is in a Pew Research study. Here's what I found out. So of the people surveyed, 74% of people believe in heaven, but of those same people, I just found this interesting, only 58% say that hell is a real place. So there's a little bit of disparity in people who say that there is a heaven. So it's just a little bit of a difference. But here's what I also found just kind of interesting. Only one half of 1% of all people believe that they're going to hell. Okay, I just, I, and of, who just says, yeah, I think I'm going. That's where I just, I don't know. I, I wonder about them. I hope that somebody said, hey, do you wanna not go there? I don't know. I don't know what they do with that. But I would not put too much weight in this because this comes from a group of people where 88% of them say they're better than average drivers and that ain't right. You know that ain't right. So I don't know if I trust those statistics, but when it comes to hell, here's what we need to know, guys. It is described or it is uh, discussed over 150 times in the Bible. 
And it's also mentioned or described by Jesus a lot as well. Uh, around 30 times, Jesus talks about and describes hell. One of those times that I, that I find a, a really good place to look at with Jesus talking about it is in Luke 16. I, I put a, a lot of the scriptures in your outlines there. If you don't grab outlines, I think it's a good idea to do that. We give you some references. There's good questions on the back of that, so make sure you grab those when you come in. Uh, but in Luke 16, Jesus tells a story about two guys. Uh, one of the guys, uh, his name is Lazarus. He goes to heaven. And then the other guy, uh, he actually goes to hell. Now, what, what I find interesting about this is a lot of people believe, a lot of people would say that this is a parable that Jesus shared, which is a made up story about a reality that exists about the kingdom of God. But here, here's what I, I just, as I researched this, I just found this kind of interesting. Uh, of all of the parables that Jesus talked about and said, none of them actually mention a real name except for this one. I just find that kind of interesting. There's a real name attached to this. I just, I find it just interesting to think about. But here, regardless of that, in the story, Jesus describes some things, some realities uh, about hell. So let's pick this up here uh, in Luke 16. Here's what he says uh, in verse 23. It says, in Hades, where the guy was in torment, he looked up and he saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. And so he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am agony with this fire. I'm in agony. So, so here we see Jesus describing a few things that, that hell exists and it's a place of agony. It's a place of great agony. It's, it's a place where in verse 26, later on in that story, he actually describes hell like this, that, there is, that it is separated, it's separated by heaven by a great chasm. There's a great chasm separating heaven and hell, so you can't just get there by some other line. Here's another place that I wanna go, and 2 Thessalonians uh, gives us another description about heaven, about people who reject Jesus, people who hear about Jesus and reject him as a savior of their life, savior of the world. It says that they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. And so, so this tells us a little bit more that, that it's a place of eternal destruction, all right? Jesus later on goes and talks about it. There's a place of outer darkness where there is a lot of suffering going on. Here's a suffering that happens when you're out of the presence of God, when you're out of the presence of good, that, that you will suffer emotional, spiritual, physical, relational pain that you will suffer there due to being separated from anything good because that's where that's what hell is. And so bottom line, bottom line for us is that this describes to us, and again, uh, many other places in the Bible about hell is this, is that hell exists, all right? Hell exists. And this brings us into a few things that people don't get. I don't know if people don't, I think there's some things about heaven we don't get, but we're kind of like, ah, I don't get it. It's great, I can't wait. But I think some things about hell are a little different. For instance, there, there's some things that people don't get, like why does hell even exist? That's one thing. Why does hell even exist? And, and if it does, why would a good and loving God send anyone to hell? That's something a lot of people don't get. Even in Christianity, people wonder about that. Now, we're gonna get to the answer to that here in a few minutes when we talk about what happens when we die. But, but I wanna get through this section by saying this. Hell does exist. And here's the second reality. Hell is not, not where I wanna be. It's not where I wanna be. Now, I hate that I had to put that in your notes to write that down, but I want you to have this for reference, okay? I want you to just look at that and say, no, that's not where I want. Heaven is good, hell, no bueno, all right? Like, no bueno, don't wanna go there. That's not where I want to be with the descriptions that the Bible gives. And, and so here's where we're gonna go. That, I just, just quickly, 
Just quickly, I wanna give a, a synopsis of this to confirm the reality of our existence, okay? That our reality is this, is that our existence here is not the only existence that there is, and so we need to think a little bit about it. That, that's what I wanna get. We gotta be thinking about what is waiting for us and what exists beyond our life here on this earth. And this is gonna help us sort of navigate our way through the next section of this, which is this, is what happens, what happens when we die? What happens when we die? So if you have your Bibles and you wanna grab those and go with me or electronics, go ahead and open them up to Hebrews chapter nine. Hebrews chapter nine, as we explore this, what happens when I die? Now, as you're getting to Hebrews chapter nine, I'm gonna give you this disclaimer. I've never died, all right? I've never died. And so personally, I don't have a lot of experience with death. I just wanna put that out there. Thought that would be funny. We need to loosen up a little bit, everybody. All right, it's okay, it's okay, loosen up. Uh, but I've never died. So I don't have all the information that I wish I had about death. But here's the good news. The Bible does talk a little bit about that. And so here's what I wanna do. I wanna look at what the Bible says and, and I wanna allow us to wrestle with this a little bit. All right, it's okay to wrestle with this a little bit, but at least we know what the Bible's gonna say. So you can wrestle with it and more importantly, clear some things up with maybe some questions that we have, okay? So let's get to the first part of this. We're gonna be in verse 27 in Hebrews 9. Here's the first part, it says this. It says, and just as each person is destined to die once, destined to die once. And so here's the first thing that happens in this life, if you're writing these things out, is that when I die, my physical body dies. My physical body dies. And so what this is telling us here is that death is certain, Death is certain, we know that, and that you only die once. And I wanna tell you guys something, there is, there is no reincarnation. Like there is nowhere in the Bible, in, in Christianity, there are some things I want you to wrestle with and things you just shouldn't believe. There is nowhere in the Bible that talks about being reincarnated. It, that, is, that is a lie from Satan. That does not exist. That does not happen. So there's no reincarnation. Uh, and, and so, and I know what you're thinking. A lot of you are thinking, well, I don't think I needed help there. Like I didn't need the Bible to help me to know that, that my physical body dies. But here's what I wanna tell you, man. This is what's important to know. Our life is going by faster than we think, gang. Our life here on this earth is going by way faster than we think. And I think a lot of us spend, a lot of us spend more time planning vacations than we do thinking about eternity, y'all. Now listen to me. I'm not knocking it. I love planning vacations. That's my jam. Like I love planning vacations. Like I got spreadsheet after spreadsheet. Like when we go on vacation, like my, my family does not have to wonder what we're doing on Tuesday night when we're there. Like I got it figured out. It's on my spreadsheet, okay? My problem is when we're on vacation, I spreadsheet it out so much, I feel like I already was there. And like, I know what the smells are like in the restaurants. Like that's how much I plan our vacation. I'm not knocking planning a vacation, okay? Uh, but the Bible man wants to remind us, listen, man, life is going by really fast faster than you think. And you might wanna think about it a little bit. Check out what James has to say about this. He says, man, what's your life? We've seen this over and over again. For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. That's not the most comfortable, that's not the cheeriest scripture. I mean, I, you probably don't have that in your breezeway when people walk in, right? Like, hey, welcome, you're a mist. Like, I know we don't have that, but man, it's true, right? It's true, it's true, man. Life goes faster than we think than we know. And, and here's what we need to know. At our death, our physical body stops existing. It's done. We don't need it anymore. There is no more life in our physical body, okay? Now, for the second thing that happens, uh, keep your hand there in, in Hebrews 9 if you have your Bibles. We're gonna go to 2 Corinthians. For the second thing that happens, and it's this, is that my soul, my soul continues to live. My soul continues to live. So we're gonna take a look at what Paul has to say about this in 2 Corinthians 5. And here's what we need to know, everybody. This is, I don't know, man, this is comforting to know. 
that when God created you, when God made you, that he didn't just make you to be physical, that he actually made us to be both physical and spiritual. And I think that's a great comfort to think about because you're not just some physical thing. There's a lot more going on in you than that. And I just find that comforting and it, find, it makes me curious. It makes me curious about what, what does that mean? And so let's see this, uh, where the confirmation of this is in 2 Corinthians 5, 1. Here's what uh, Paul says. It says, for we know, don't wonder, like don't have a question about this, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, and he's saying that is when we die and leave this earthly body, that we will have a house in heaven an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. And so again, our bodies, our bodies and our souls are two different things. They are two different entities that exist at the same time. And when we die, our physical bodies stay behind and our soul separates from the body. Our soul separates from the body and continues to live. And here's the question, what happens? Like what what happens in my soul? Like what is going on with that? And again, like here's the answer that we don't know all the way, but the Bible does talk about a few things. We do know a few things that happen. If you drop down to verse eight there, uh, he says something about it. He says, yes, we're of good courage. Why? Because we would rather be away from the body and at home within the Lord. Now, I want to keep this up here for saying that we would rather be away from the body, physical body, and at home with the Lord. And so two different existences, right? Two different things. And when we leave the body at death, uh, there, when we leave the body at home, I, I, I look at this and, and when we're home with the Lord, I see that as immediate. I see this as an immediate thing that once we leave, we're at home with the Lord. And so here's what we believe as a result of this. You can find this on our front page of riverridge.tv. We believe at physical death that the believer in Jesus enters into a conscious, eternal fellowship with Jesus right away. And we wait for uh, the second coming, for the resurrection of the body uh, that will happen that we talked about earlier uh, to everlasting glory. But we will be in an immediate presence with the Lord right away. We're not in some weird thing that we're not sure about, like we are in immediate presence, but also at physical death for anybody who hears about Jesus and rejects him as a savior of their life, uh, they will enter immediately into separation from God eternally, uh, and that's hell, remember? No bueno, no bueno. You don't wanna be there. You don't wanna be there, okay? And these are the final eternal destinations of all people, of all people based entirely on whether or not they have uh, accepted and trusted Jesus Christ or heard and rejected Jesus Christ for salvation. And here's how it goes down, which is the third thing. How this goes down is that our physical body dies, our soul continues to live, and we will face judgment. We, it's a reality that the Bible points to that we will face judgment, all right? So for that, if you put your finger in Hebrews 9, jump back there, because I only did the first part of Hebrews 9, so let's look at that second part, and it says this. It says, and just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, all right? So we will all face judgment when we die. Uh, and in the book of Revelation, it talks a little bit about this. Now, uh, we're gonna talk differently about the book of Revelation in here in a few weeks, but Revelation does talk a lot about what happens in eternity. Uh, and it talks about this. So we're gonna be in Revelation 20 uh, for a few minutes. I'm gonna read a little section of this. And so it's gonna be a few verses, but this is what's gonna happen. This is, what, this is what it says. It says, then in verse 11, it says, then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. 
Then another book was opened, which is the book of life, okay? And the dead were judged. Now, you gotta listen to this. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Now, I'm gonna jump to verse 15 because it says this though. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Hello, is anybody there? Okay, let's break this down a little bit. There's a lot of tension in this room today, everybody. All right, so here, we're gonna break this down a little bit. We're gonna break this down. Come back for book of Revelation. I think you'll find it interesting. All right, first, first, here's what it says. It says that all the dead are there. All the dead are there. So we already covered uh, that all of us are gonna die. So you'll be there, all right? I'll be there, you'll be there. Nobody's missing this uh, moment uh, that's gonna happen, okay? So we're all gonna be there uh, one day. And now, here's what I want us to see. I want you to go back to that and look at it a little bit because this is, there's a lot of descriptions in there. Now, there are two sets of books that are opened, <clears throat> two sets of books. One is, a, is books, plural, books, all right? There's books that are open. And then the other one is just one book. It's a book, okay? Now, these are really important to distinguish between because they're very different. They're very different. So now let's look. The one with the books, plural, okay? They're gonna look at these books and you're gonna be in them because what these books contain, get ready for this, are all the things you've ever done. Everything, all right? Everything. And so now, now you're like thinking, right? You're thinking, you're like, okay, well, what's in them books? What's in them books? And you're starting to think through like, oh, how good, how good are they? Uh, how much is in there? And you're thinking, okay, I got, I got good things in there. I got good things, I got things. And then there's stuff. All right, we're not talking about the stuff. There's stuff, okay? Let's move past the stuff, but there's stuff. And you're thinking about your stuff right now. And then you're looking around. You're looking around right now and you're like, okay, what about that guy? That guy's stuff looks way worse than my stuff just by looking at him, right? You're like, and you're like his stuff's probably a little bit thicker than mine. He's gotta have me beat. And, and gang, listen, this is weird, but this is what we do. This is what we do. You try, you, you, we try to keep track of your life and, and you try to keep track of those books. This is what God is trying to tell you. And then you're trying to say, man, do I have more good that outweighs the bad? And, and are my books cleaner than their books? But this is saying, here's what this is saying. You gotta be really careful on this because if you are just judged by those books, it's not gonna end good for you. It's gonna end very badly for you. That's what he's saying. Because if we're judged solely on those books and nothing else, it will give a ticket to every single person who's just judged by those books to the lake of fire eternally. Not good. That's not where you wanna be. That's not good news. But, but you gotta remember, there's another book. There's another book. That's what this tells us. And it's called the book of life. And whoever it says, whoever is in that book, whoever's in that book of life is not thrown into the lake of fire. That's good news, all right? That's good news. You don't wanna be in the lake of fire. And so here's uh, why, here's why it's only one book. This is why it's only one book because God is gonna ask you one question. That's it. He's gonna ask you one question. Now, I don't know how this is going down. I've talked about this before, but I do know what's gonna happen. And here's what he's not gonna ask you within that book. He's not gonna ask you about your sin. He's not gonna ask you about your mistakes. He's not gonna ask you how many people you've helped. He's not gonna ask you how much of the Bible you have memorized. He's not gonna ask you how much you've come to River His Church or how much you gave. He's not gonna ask you any of that because that stuff's in the books. He's not gonna ask you that for the book. He's gonna ask you, what did you do with Jesus? Period. Because here's the thing about that book. 
That book doesn't have one thing you did in it. It has one thing Jesus did for you in it. And he wants to know, man, what did you do with that? Because he paid the price for those books. Those are his, if you let him buy it. And you don't wanna go off those books, but he said, I'm gonna pay for all of your sin. I'm gonna take your punishment. I'm gonna come and live a life you couldn't live and I'm gonna die for you. And he freely gives that to you for forgiveness and grace and mercy and love, regardless of what you did, regardless of what's in those books. You can't earn it. It's a free gift. It's amazing. And that's all he's gonna ask you. And you're gonna wanna say, I received that gift, God. I received it. I came to a realization of what's going on in my life, the sin that's there, that I'm not perfect, that I'm messed up, and I need help, and I accepted Jesus. I surrendered my life to him. You're gonna wanna be able to say that. Listen to me. This book of life, I wanna say this one more time, does not have one thing you did. It's what Jesus did for you because Jesus paid it all for you, and it's the greatest gift you'll ever receive in this reality on this earth, okay? So that's what happens when we die. That's the reality that's waiting for all of us, uh, for heaven and hell and, and what exists when we die. Now, here's what happens inevitably. I'm gonna spend the rest of my time on talking about a few things that we don't get still, right? It's still, okay, I get what the Bible says about that. How much time? Okay, I got plenty of time. One, here's the one thing. I got like four questions. I think I can get one. All right, here we go. One thing. Why would God send people to hell, Right? Why would God send people to hell? I still didn't answer that. Here, so, so here's where I wanna go with this. I'm gonna tell, tell you why hell exists. And here's what, here's what I know. Almost, I would say everybody will agree with most of this. I'm telling you right now, everybody will agree or okay with most of this because hell exists to deal with Satan and evil. We're okay with that. Like that's okay, I don't want evil uh, to not be dealt with. And that's why hell exists, okay? Because neither one of those, Satan or evil, can be in heaven, all right? They can't be there. We talked about the fact that heaven is a place where there's no more bad stuff, no more bad things. Uh, and so that's what heaven is. But here's what we need to understand, gang. Right now, as we are here, there exists, whatever you believe in, there exists evil. Evil is real, it exists. And the father of evil is Satan. It's true, it's a reality. And here's the thing, here, here's the thing. You, I don't know where some of you are. So there, again, like there are Christians that claim to believe in Jesus and heaven, but they don't claim to believe in hell. It's, it's strange to me, but, but that is, but, so you can, you can even deny God. You can believe that there is no God. You can say, I don't believe in Satan, that you think Satan is made up. But here's what you absolutely cannot deny, the existence of good and evil. You can't deny it. It, it's real, you know what it is when you see them both and you can put your finger on it that that actually exists. Now, some people, here's what some people do. Some people look at evil and the existence of evil to actually disprove God or at least if he is real that he doesn't care. That's what some people do when they look at evil, but that's the exact opposite de de uh, definition of evil, y'all. Like that's not the definition of evil. Okay, listen to me. Evil is not the absence of good. It's the corruption of it. You hear what I'm saying? Like evil is not the absolute, it's the corruption of good. And I'm here to tell you, God didn't corrupt good, we did. We corrupted it, we messed it up, okay? It's not on God, it's on us. And there has to be a way that God deals with it. There has to be a way that God deals with it, which brings me to the unpopular truth about God and us that we don't wanna believe, which is this. We have a hard time with people going to hell because we believe, people believe in an untrue statement. They believe in an untrue statement, which is that people are naturally good. 
And gang, listen to me, I wanna tell you something. This is the number one root problem about our nature and about God because here's the truth, gang. God doesn't send any good people to hell because there's no one that's good. That's the, there's no good. Now, now hear me right. I'm actually not really saying you're bad, but when you compare yourself to God, you're just not good. You're not good. We're all brought into this world. Every single one of us are brought into this world on the wrong side of God. And, and it's because, listen to me, gang, it's because sin is involved. It's because sin is involved in all of our lives. We were created in the image of God, yes, but we were corrupted by sin. We are, it's both of those are happening. We are created in the image of God, but we are corrupted by sin. There isn't one person that's exempt from this. But now here's what we do with this, gang. This is what happens. This is where we get confused and messed up in this world. Because through human history, somehow we imagine this, we, we made this up, that we believe that we are the ones that set the standard of good. But here's my question. How can corrupted people set the standard of good? You can't. You can't do it. We all have corruption, we all have sin, we all fall short compared to God. But God loves you. That's awesome, isn't it? He loves you. And so he said, no, 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 I don't wanna leave it that way. I made a way for you, man. I give you Jesus, man. He desires because here's what he wants for you. He doesn't want you to stay corrupted. He wants you to be with him forever in heaven, okay? So he gives us a fix in Jesus. God doesn't send anyone away from his presence. He sent Jesus so we could be in it. You hear me? He sent Jesus so we could be in it. We send ourselves away from God's presence, which goes to the next question. What happens to people who don't hear about it? What happens to people who don't hear about Jesus or believe in something other than Jesus? Do they go to hell? So here's where I wanna go with this. Uh, here's where I'm gonna start. I wanna hear, I just want you to hear this very clearly before, the, I'm gonna get into something I believe and I'm gonna use the context uh, of scripture, but here's what I wanna tell you to start this. If you hear about Jesus and you don't accept and surrender your life to Jesus, if you've never changed that as a reality in your life, the fate of you is that you will be in eternal separation from God forever, that you will be destined for separation from God, which is hell. So I wanna put that forward, and I know that sounds very aggressive to some of you, but it's just the reality. It's what's true, and it's what the Bible says about us and who Jesus is and who he said he was and what he did for you. And the fact that he came back from the dead, I'm just gonna believe what he said and what he did. That's where I go, okay? I'm just gonna believe that and that he is the only savior of the world. He is the only God that has ever existed. All other gods are made up. That's just where we land. Again, I know that sounds aggressive, but I just wanna be really clear about that uh, before we get into some of these. So for those who do hear that message, but reject that message, hell is the destination. Now, what about those though who don't have the opportunity to hear about Jesus? And so here's the scripture that I go. This is where I would go for this conversation. I would go to Romans chapter one. I'm just gonna read this for a second and talk about it. Here's what, he, here's what it says in Romans one. It says this, it says, now listen, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Now listen, we gotta hear this. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. All right. So this says, here's what this is saying. It's what this is saying, not what I am saying, that all people are accountable to God in, in a way, 
They're all accountable to God, whether or not they've heard about him or, or any of that or read the Bible, not because he doesn't care, not because it's, he just has it out for certain people. This is saying that he clearly reveals himself, not just to some, but to all people that he clearly reveals himself to all people and that they are separated from God, not because they haven't heard and not because they, it's, but it's because they've rejected what they know. They reject what they know, even in the simplest form. So God gives them up to themselves. Verse 25 says this, why? Because, because they exchange the truth about God for a lie, for another God, for whatever you wanna fill in the blank with, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. For this reason, for this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. But when it comes to those who don't hear, again, I wanna be really clear. I wanna be really clear on who I'm talking about. Those who don't hear, it's those who we say have never heard about Jesus. That's what we wanna talk about. So here's what I believe. What I also believe is that the same scripture we just talked about it actually uh, shows me that Jesus has an ability to reach people that are beyond human capacity, that are beyond human abilities, that there are ways that, G that God could do this where we are gonna be dumbfounded in heaven. We're gonna be like, what? Like, how did they hear about Jesus? And this happens, gang, listen to me. This happens right now, today. There are books written about people who see Jesus in a dream and they never heard his name, they never had a Bible. It's real. I know there's somebody I know who had a, an eyewitness account of this that happened in Africa. They started talking about the gospel they started talking about Jesus and this person came forward to them and said, I never knew his name, I knew I was saved. It, it happens, it really happens, okay? So for me, I just, I hold on to a hope, I hold on to a hope uh, and a belief that, and I look at those scriptures and thinking this, that I believe there will be people in heaven and who believe in Jesus that we never gave a chance here that we just never gave a chance here, who never had a Bible, never heard from somebody else. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't like uh, preclude us from, from sharing the gospel with others. Like we still gotta go share the gospel, but I believe that Jesus can do that. I just believe God could do something more amazing than we can actually believe and explain humanly. And so my answer is this, that the Bible tells us that for those who have a literal opportunity to accept or reject, the eternal decision is already there. Like it's already there and you have to make it. The Bible is really clear if you don't make that decision, if you heard about Jesus. But for those who don't have a chance, I think Jesus can reach some in ways that we just can't explain and we will be dumbfounded in heaven, I'm telling you. I don't know if that's probably still a good thing to be dumbfounded. I don't think that's a sin, right? We'd be like, what? Like I think, you know, that's gonna be an amazing thing. So here's where we go with this. Two things we could do with this. Two things, two things. We got two minutes left, two things, all right. First thing, man, I want you to think about just where you need to refocus your life. So th this one I wanna talk to believers really quick, man. Here's what I wanna ask. In view of this today, not what you know, not what you know about this. So, some of you, I didn't blow your minds at all. Like you knew all this stuff, but here's what I wanna challenge you with. Here's what I wanna ask. In view of this today, what do you gotta change in your life, man? I don't, I'm not asking what you gotta change, what you gotta know, but what do you gotta refocus to get on track for living for eternity? Because I wanna tell you something, gang. Some of us, like some of us, we need to think about how much we're clutching onto this life, how hard we're white knuckling this life, instead of like how we should be loosely holding onto it, because we don't get to take any of this stuff with us. We don't get to take any of this stuff with us. Our houses, our sports teams, our, our travel team, we don't get to take any of it. 
And so I just wanna challenge you a little bit because this is where we're living. It's okay to be living like that, but I just want, if we're not careful, we're gonna fall in love with what's down here. And so I wanna challenge us today. How do you refocus your life on that stuff, man? I wanna challenge, how do you focus your resources, your approach, your travel teams, your stuff, your family, all that stuff so that it, you're in a position where you're leveraging it instead of like holding on to it too much. So I just want you to think about refocus your life. Here's a second one. And I just wanna talk to different people. I just wanna challenge you to maybe review your life for a sec. Here's what Jesus says, pretty clear. He says, listen to me, I am the way, the truth, I'm the resurrection and the life. And, and here's what he says about this. No one can get to the Father except to me, but he says, listen, whoever believes in me will live even after dying. And he's saying, if you put your faith and trust in me, if you believe in me, you will live in eternity forever. You will not only live in heaven forever, but you will be transformed here and now. You will be completely changed by the forgiveness that I could give to you with all the things and all that stuff that you're looking at and dealing with in your life. And you will feel God's grace and mercy and love and protection and forgiveness and all those things that he wants to give you. Jesus came for you. He came to live the life that you could not live, that you cannot live, that some of us are still trying to live to earn our way to this God that we think is real. And I'm telling you, he made it way easier than that. Jesus said, I came to do something about that. I came to die for you. And for a lot of us here, we know that truth. That's the existence that we have, that we surrendered our lives over to Jesus and we're free from death and an existence uh, with God, that we get to have an existence with God and that we don't get to be in existence without God or anything good. That's not where we wanna be. But for some of you, man, you, you haven't done that yet. You, you haven't put your belief in Jesus. You haven't, but you know, but you haven't actually believed. You haven't come to that place with Jesus. And I wanna just give you that chance today before we go, you need to give your life to Jesus so you won't spend the rest of your life wondering and that you'll know you're in that book of life. Don't spend any more time in those books. Go to the book of life, man. Go home with God where Jesus said this, but he said, I prepared a place for you. Jesus never said he prepared hell for you. He prepared heaven for you. And I want you to be in that book. So right now, man, I'm just gonna ask us if we could just help some of us who maybe need to pray this prayer. And this could be your chance to really come to the knowledge of salvation. And I believe the Holy Spirit's talking to some of you right now. So if we could just bow our heads, close our eyes. I wanna give some or, or more, I don't know who, who, who's ready for this. I wanna just give you a chance who wants to invite Jesus into your life and forgive you and save you and know that this is the day that your name is put in the book of life and that you have been made new by God who loves you and gave Jesus for you. So here's what you could do. You could pray right here as you're watching in your seat, you could pray, God, I know you're real. I know you made me and I can now see sin for what it is, that it corrupts me and it disconnects me from you. And you have to deal with that. And I can't deal with that on my own but I believe Jesus came to die for that sin to reconnect me with you. And so today is the day that I place my faith for the first time and belief in Jesus Christ, that I believe who he is, uh, that he is who he says he is, that he died for my death, that he died for my sin to be forgiven and I place my whole life and belief in that right now. Make me new, God. I pray that in the name of Jesus who came to do that for me personally and I commit my life to being yours forever. Now for all of us, God, thank you. We love you. 
thank you so much for who you are, that you prepared a home for us in heaven. This is not the final destination. There's a place with no corruption. There's a place where there's no more of that bad stuff. There's a place waiting for us that's amazing and you made it possible for us through Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for making that possible. I pray that we can refocus our lives here. I pray that we can shift some things around so that we can actually prove that we are not living for this world, that we have the courage, that we have the courage to be bold in our faith here as a result. We love you and we thank you for Jesus. We pray that for his name. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, uh, that concludes our service today. If you did pray that prayer, I wanna hear about it. Please come find me, find a, get a connect card and at least say that you prayed that prayer to, to accept Jesus. We wanna give you that next step. That's the first step. So we'd love to get you plugged into that next step. Uh, come find me, come talk to one of us. Uh, and don't forget, if you are interested in anything in community, women's groups, men's group, Freedom in Christ, Blair is out there ready to answer any questions you have. We'll see you next week for the next thing that we don't get. See you next time. <laughs>